Happy Halloween world and welcome to the What You Got podcast where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer joined as always by Charlie Budd and today in honor of spooky season we're chatting about the recently dropped Netflix film Wendell and Wild an animated tale about a girl literally confronting her demons. Serving as a reunion for Key and Peele, with the same director as such classics as The Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, this movie was highly anticipated. For our loyal listeners, there will be spoilers, as usual, in the second half of this episode. So, to start, bud, I think it would be best to talk about overall thoughts. So, with that as our starting point, what you got? Well, Palmer, you know, I will say, I like this. It was a good movie. For me personally, I thought it was it had a lot of things going for it. I thought like the choice of music was great. The art direction especially was fantastic. I always think um, that Henry Selleck does a really good job with that. Like you know, he's a really great animator from all the way back to uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas to Coraline um, and now Wendell and Wild. I think he's always done a fantastic job. I think uh, this movie is you know. That does like I don't know I just loved all the colors I loved the underworld and I just loved uh, Keen Peel's performances I thought they were really good together I mean it was fantastic I mean obviously they have a huge history of chemistry together and like I think it's super evident in the way that these characters are kind of portrayed um, that they kind of like riff off of each other and I even read somewhere that um, they kind of did a lot of stuff off script a lot of like improvisations that uh, like hours and hours of it and then they just um the studio like you know or the like when they were editing they took like some of those bits so a lot of it's like improv um so it's really cool and like i think it, that especially works since jordan peele is like one of the writers so i think he really understands like you know uh how um keegan michael key could uh you know really encapsulate the character and have that chemistry with them and i thought overall i thought you know it was a pretty good story you know i think there's definitely some flaws with um with the movie which we'll definitely get into but i'm curious to your overall thoughts oh man well i'm glad you enjoyed it dude it was uh to your to your point the art was i thought incredible like i just have so much respect to those like stop motion animators how much time that takes Mm -hmm. to do but then to make it look so flawless in every motion it looks so lifelike it's incredible when you think about it yeah but uh overall we differ a little bit. Not that I didn't like the movie, but for me, I think just, you know, a- as a whole, I found it to be a little, my word is underwhelming, I think. Okay. I, I, I think that is kind of what I would probably say towards the story. It was, I think it had some underwhelming moments and we can definitely, I'm curious to what in particular, without trying to get too much into spoilers yet, like what you found yeah. to be so underwhelming. So I guess for me, it was just that, I mean, this movie was going in a number of directions, all of which I thought were pretty interesting inherently. That's why, as a viewer, I was excited. And from the trailers, I actually didn't, I think they did a great job of not showing too much in the trailers. But I, so I didn't really know what I was getting into. And this is actually one of those movies I decided to watch the trailers for. But I think for me, where they weren't quite as successful was they talked about a lot. They started going down a number of storylines and they never really like closed many of them or at least really developed them in the first place. I'll say, and this was a question I had for you, just Kat as a protagonist, um, also the uh, sister who we'll obviously discuss a little bit more, but I think her name was Sister Helly. Yes, Helly. Okay, yeah, I had a lot of questions about her that were never really answered, mm-hmm. as well as her um, like janitorial counterpart. 
Um, and then just overall, I didn't really understand some some of the characters' motivations, and so I really wanted to know more about that. And I thought that would have been interesting because all of them seemed to just be unique characters, things, people you don't really necessarily see in other in other films. And so I wanted them to explore that a little bit more. I think they could have tied it together a little bit. But uh, other than that, that was those were like kind of my my biggest problems how about yeah, for you I, I, you know i definitely think what i what i say like i enjoyed it a lot i think I, or not a lot i think is kind of probably the poor phrasing i enjoyed the movie um but my biggest gripes worth it was like i think story elements uh for me i mean yes there's a lot of like random things that just kind of um pop up and it's just not really explained they don't really go into it it feels like the world is rich in a lot of like things uh but it's just it's all very very surface level pretty much like all the way through uh, the main story itself i think is okay i, I think it definitely could have gone the extra mile like because it i mean at the end of the day this is like an animated movie that is exploring a very dark kind of topic you know it's dealing a lot with like death and how you know one like a kid has to kind of process that and grow up in a world uh, that's like orphaned and you know how her like demons is that she you know feels responsible for it this is not a spoiler this is very very like within the first 30 seconds of the movie um so and i think that's a really interesting subject matter to take it down however as you mentioned i think there are a lot of like subplots that the show or the movie rather goes like tries to explore and doesn't really build them and there's a lot of like social commentary all added to those yeah, uh, subplots agreed. Um, but the movie doesn't really explore any of them, and then they all just kind of end at once. You know, it's like everything kind of just gets wrapped up, uh, kind of in one fell swoop. And um, it's either the stories do have like this, you know, uh, learning from them, or they're just kind of underdeveloped and like suddenly just ends. Um, yeah. And I think that's the case for most of the subplots, and even like the main story. I think suffers a little bit in that as well absolutely and i was gonna ask i mean you, you raised the point and it was something that was going on throughout my mind as i was watching because they do tackle some social issues and there you know it's a lot of talk about death and dying and i was curious what you think who you think the intended audience was of this film because i mean obviously it looks mm -hmm. like from the onset that it could be for kids because it's animated i'm not saying yeah. that actually you know, they kind of like use like curse words and other things like that but it's pg-13 uh, so I know that yeah it's it's rated pg-13 so for me it just seemed like it was um you know i i feel like the audience might have been like uh young adults not necessarily like i don't think it's like for 10 year olds you know like you could, yeah. you could probably safely show this to a 10 year old but like it's not really for them and uh i don't know they might be a little scared who's to say uh true, true. <laughs> like I, I can see this being for like you know 12 to 15 kind of like a more of its target audience maybe like 12 to 18 or something like that um yeah it's uh, it's kind of hard to like pinpoint i i think it was just you know a story that i, I think mo i think all ages can enjoy it for the most part uh or appreciate it it's just told through an animated story so we kind of have to have like we society puts this preconceived notion that it must be like for younger audiences even though oh. animation can tell very mature stories um and i think this is part of that i mean it definitely touches on a darker subject matter and like death is a massive theme in this um, yeah but <laughs> very very massive theme and uh yeah so 
So it was uh, something I found out, I guess, in the credits. This book was, I mean, this movie, I guess, was adapted from a book. I don't think and it so was I, finished, I, though. Oh, the book wasn't finished? Yeah, I don't think it was a finished or an unpublished book that Henry oh. uh, Wellick, I think, was writing. And then uh, I think he wanted to work on this project, and I think he brought in Jordan so. Peele to help out. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and I guess also this is what I was going to say, too. In part, just Jordan Peele's presence on the project and the fact that it was Keenan Peele, my expectations were obviously yeah. pretty high just because, you know, he's done a good job consistently with the horror, darker elements with throughout his movies. And then I thought that it would have a lot of comedy kind of worked into there. It was it's interesting. It wasn't necessarily super over the top funny. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell there were like, you know, moments where it was, it was lighter. But uh it wasn't I don't think inherently supposed to be like super comedic. No, I don't I don't think it was ever supposed to be that. And like yeah, it's supposed to have like, you know, it has keen peel. I definitely can see why people might think, oh, it might be funny because it has two like comedy legends to it even though like jordan peele specifically his most recent work is is horror related and definitely this movie has especially with the characters that key and peele play like they kind of offer a little bit of like comedic relief you know like especially when it's them too early on in the movie right after like the opening scene which can be heavy and sad and uh like they immediately kind of like goes to them and introduces their characters um and they're kind of like you know, we meet them kind of riffing each other. Um, so like it's, it's that kind of humor. It's not, it's not definitely, it's definitely not a comedy, but there's light moments in humorous, uh, lines told by the, especially by Keen Peele. Yeah. And you mentioned just that they, you kind of, where you find them initially in the movie, not to get too much into the story, but they make mention as to how they are, where they are initially in the film. And it seems to be kind of a big point, but it's never further developed. And, I thought that inherently they were two interesting characters, Wendell and Wilde. And that is just, I would have loved to learn a little bit more there. I feel like as opposed to, obviously they, they drove the story in part, but I feel like they could have done a little bit more or been a little bit more pivotal in that. It seems like the things that happened throughout the movie just happened passively and they just happened to intersect with those things as opposed to being big contributors to them. Yeah, so they kind of like pay a very like, passive role and i think it also seems to be like i think they the movie kind of sets them up as the villains but they're not really the villains of the story um like the villains are kind of like introduced somewhat early in the movie um but like they also don't really they 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 play a role but they also like i don't know they're kind of they cast long shadows i guess and uh yeah that's a good way to put it and uh, they also, interestingly enough, is like they're also like a driver for like social commentary, like the villains are. Um, yup. And and uh, and like I think that's just like an area that I the sh- the movie I wanted to kind of like explore, like almost halfway through it starts bringing up like the issue, which I guess I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that like it's a private prison thing. Like the movie's yeah. very against private prisons. Um, industrial complex yeah the the prison industrial complex in america gotta love our dystopian society <laughs> um and so it's kind of brought up in the middle of it though like when we first are introduced to the 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 quote-unquote villains of the story um we don't know what their motive is like at all they just kind of be villainous for the sake of being villainous like in horrible um and then it's not like it's like brought up in a conversation between the main character and another uh, side character to like 
what they um the purpose of like the villains are and this is like two-thirds of the way through the movie i'm pretty sure yeah dude it's it's like okay (laughs) it's and then like suddenly this is all kind of being jammed down right and but it doesn't explore it really like the whole like Mm -hmm. enough to me i think it falls short of exploring that uh that you know piece of commentary of like oh yes private prison's bad and I, i think it falls very very short of really exploring that in a more sharper way. Yeah. And that's something that I've come to really appreciate about Jordan Peele's work because he does explore things like thoroughly. So you basically get a a nice little like quick lesson about it. But Mm -hmm. in this regard, it was just the, it was mentioned by name and kind of, they, they talked around it a little bit, but you didn't necessarily understand the implications if you weren't too familiar with it. So I, I wasn't, you know, too Mm -hmm. jazz when it came to that. I was like, you can do a little bit more, but I, I do want to know because you talk about the villains being introduced like a little ways into the movie and there were a number of characters that were throughout this film. I was curious to hear who were your like who was your favorite and then who was your least favorite. Um I mean I think my least favorite are probably just the villains because they're just so cartoon villain like but um you know they're just they're meant to be hated and I don't really know. I guess my favorite might be um Raul, I guess. Ra- yup. Because Preach, I man. feel like Preach. I feel like he's just um, somebody who's you know got a good heart, I guess, and yeah. is just you know trying to look out for other people um, in the uh, movie, and um, does a lot of really good things, even if it is a risk to his own personal safety. I mean, his back must be so tired from just carrying all those jokers in that movie <laughs> through yeah. to the end because he was doing his gosh darn thing throughout. And yeah, he was definitely like the most consistent too. It's like mm-hmm. I understood his motivations kind of from the perspective of being an outsider and kind of wanting to break in, but just understanding what it's like to be in that position. I think that was something that they did a, that was, they did a really good job with that one. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I, I think I think he's a, a well written character, um, and I don't know. For me, initially, I guess I like didn't pay enough attention to the opening montage with Cat because I didn't realize that she was in like juvie or why she was in juvie. Like I just noticed that she was like coming from juvie, like or going <laughs> to the school and like juvie clothes. I was like, wait, I missed something. Like, oh, <laughs> why man. is she in yeah. juvie? And I didn't think to rewind it because like I'm only two minutes into the movie. So yep. like they're clearly of like I just they didn't explain it. But when they replayed the montage later in the movie, I was like Oh, this is where like I must have That's somehow missed that. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't really dive into it too too much like if you weren't paying attention initially you were gonna miss it so that's when you'd be like oh i guess and you, i guess they were leaving the audience to assume that based on her personality being a little bit more abrasive that she's had a, a rough upbringing and so mm-hmm. oh i, I just figured that like that was stemmed and i think partially this is true that you know the stemmed from the nature of what happens in the very beginning like her you know her parents dying she blames herself um yep. so and i think like you know, she hasn't had a good because I did see the scene sequence where she's like bullied in school at the very beginning of the movie. So, like, yeah, clearly had a really, really rough childhood and is kind of a hardened shell when she has to go to like this new school. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I guess there's not really much more, at least from my perspective, talking around it before we get into it. Get into it. So, do you want to? Throw well, that spoiler why don't we filter? give like quick final thoughts before we go into spoiler territory? Okay, 
Final so, thoughts, what you got there, bud? Well, you know, overall, I think um, it's a solid movie. You know, I think this could be a, like, it's like a good Halloween type uh, film um, that, you know, is, it, it could be like a staple in the sense of like, you know, I mean, only time will tell to see if this is a movie people will remember fondly. Uh, but I could see this being like, you know, just another one up there for like animated Halloween movies, uh, especially in the stop motion claymation style uh, that people can, you know, return to down the line. Overall, solid. Definitely has flaws, but we'll get in more into that as we go into spoiler territory. Definitely. And I could, I agree with you. I think it could definitely achieve cult classic status. Being a you know Jordan Peele B, mm-hmm. I mean people love. I I'm not really a big Halloween person overall, but I do mm-hmm. love the the feelings of fall. Yeah. And then with the holiday comes, I'll watch a couple of scary movies. I agree. I classic, agree. So. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yep. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate. I always it. like watching so like I, the fun Halloween movies. Yeah. Like, see, I mean, it's just rem- reminiscing. Like yeah. now, D- Disney ha- or Disney Plus has basically everything that they've ever made. So we'll do yep. a Halloween Town or something like it's classic. <laughs> it's classic. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. But I, I, I agree. I think it's very like you know you can watch it. It's yeah. it's not like you'd be wasting your time. But yeah, it, solid I don't know if like stand out as solid seven out of ten. I'd say it's right. Give it a six point five. Yeah, it's probably a fair. That's probably fairer than a seven. I think. I, I'm I'm on the fence between giving it like a six and a half and seven. So, um, alrighty, shall we jump into spoiler warning territory? Let's do the thing, people. You know what the drill is. If if you don't want to have it spoiled, hop on off. Oh, wait a second. All right, let's go. All right, let's get after it. <laughs> oh man, buddy, buddy, buddy. Okay, starting from the top. I mean, you mentioned it. Cat's parents die in basically the initial scene. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering what your thoughts were around there. Do you think that it was a believable setup? Uh yeah, I actually do think it was um like kind of straight to the point. I think it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like they're having a good time at which apparently we don't know until later is her family's business. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although, yeah, her dad does say like I'm not selling or something, so I figured like that they owned it. But that's I wasn't, fair. I wasn't yeah. Positive. Um, and so you know, family's business. They're having a good time. She is eating like ice cream or something. A candy apple. Candy a, a candy enough. chocolate apple that you know, uh, she gets from one of the stalls there. They get in the car, they're, you know, driving home, it's snowing or whatever. I don't know if it's snowing, raining, raining. <laughs> raining. There we go. Charlie, and what were you doing the first five minutes of this movie? I don't know, dude. Because um, <laughs> the rest of the movie, it's snow, all right? Um, okay, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. And so it's raining, and she's, like, eating the chocolate apple, and I guess she bites into it, and, like, these worms are in it, and, like, it scares her, and she shrieks. Her dad turns around and goes, what's wrong? And then drives off the the bridge into the water but. and uh you know obviously her mom saves her and her parents die in the uh in the crash because they can't yes. get out i guess we don't really see what happens i totally feel like at least the mom could have gone out but you know i, I totally, I, said. I totally I understand said. here you know trying to stay behind to uh help the dad. you know try to figure your husband the husband um yeah so kind of tragic kind of sad um, momentarily then we get like a quick montage of like cat's life and how you know she's like ages up to i I think like it's been like seven years or something i don't know she's 13 i think okay clearly i missed something 
I was on it, bro. I was, I was on that first I, five. <laughs> yeah, that first five minutes is just apparently a blank. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so, you know, she goes to this, uh, like Catholic school or something for girls. Yeah. yeah. For girls. And, um, so she goes there in this old abandoned town that apparently she used to live. And, you know, like it seems like a school where people kind of get left behind or whatever. I, I'm not really sure, but I think there is definitely like a social commentary about, you know, um, about like you know class or race or something there i'm sure <laughs> that mm-hmm. i'm just completely missing um but she goes there and you know she 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 is kind of punk rockish you know she like oh, kind of absolutely she kind of goes in there doesn't want to obey like any other rules immediately dismisses who you think are going to just be like the new mean girls um, but they're actually like super nice people who That's just like wanna, man. who just wanna like be her friend and like sure maybe they shouldn't call her KK if she very much says I don't want to be called KK call me Cat yep. but they keep on insisting, which is just like okay sure but you know maybe respect what people won't tell you to call <laughs> them by, um, and. So, you know, she kind of, like, immediately dismisses them. They have a cute little goat pet, which is adorable. I did like the goat. I did like um, the goat, I'm like, why do you have a goat? But I don't care. It's a, yep. it's so cute. Uh, and then Raul, I guess, like, accidentally is, like, up in the tower, I guess, doing, like, an art project. And almost, like, beheads uh, one of the students. And I guess we get a little glimpse of what will later become Cat's uh, yes. power, where she, like, sees the future. And she knocks uh, one of the girls out of the way from the falling brick. So, yep. those are the first, yep. like, five minutes of the movie. And yeah, it was... Uh, it's a lot at once. Pace. Yeah. yeah. It kind of really wants to I, get the ball rolling. And I felt like it kept that pace more or less throughout. Like, mm-hmm. moments I thought they were going to kind of lean into a little bit more and explore. They just said, nope, boom, right through, boom, yep. right through again. So, that caught my eye. I was going to say, very interestingly enough, in that first sequence with the candied apple and uh, the worms... So something to note is that I guess it's a single worm with two heads. Oh, and in my head, I thought that it was like Wendell and Wild, just like hmm. their very first kind of introduction. But I guess I was wrong because yeah. nobody, there was nothing on that after that. But I thought that was very peculiar, mm-hmm. very peculiar. So and, anyway, but <laughs> no, it was peculiar. I was like, what is going on? Why are these like so demonic? It's just, I think it's just <laughs> yeah. supposed to be like her perception of, you know, worms in the apple. I don't think it's supposed to be like anything like that. Yeah, I just true. think she perceives it as like something terrifying when in reality it was just some worms in an apple. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. And, um, but I don't know. I just want to jump ahead because what I really didn't understand is like when and how or why like did she suddenly have like teeth on her hand, bro? Okay, I was like minute number ten. Yeah. That was something that I really wanted to talk about too because once again, this was a point that was so like delivered so quickly. So essentially, I guess it was her first day of class or whatever, and so Sister Helly, who we later find out is what's known as a hell maiden, but that's kept very on the download, just she and the janitor know that, um, is leading this class. She's teaching Kat and these three girls who were, were originally supposed to be the mean girls and Raul. And we should note that Raul is 
a transgender uh, boy. So transitioned from female to male and is, I guess, still at this all girls school, which I would love to talk about like <laughs> further on that. Cause it's like, it sucks for him. Like if he doesn't identify as that and he still has to go to this all girls school, but um, no. So she's sister. Helly is showing them this special kind of octopus that has the ability to blend into whatever environment it, it's in. And every time sister Helly taps on the glass, it changes. And so she invites cat up to tap on the glass and so Kat does, and I guess has this, like, kind of, or gets scared off, has, like, a vision thing. And so she gets scared off over to the desk of Sister Helly. And there's this spark from something within a cabinet, and all of a sudden she has this mouth on her hand. And uh, Sister Helly pulls her aside and is like, don't tell anybody about that, cover it up, and we'll discuss later. And I was like, A, who is Sister Helly? Yeah. B, like, was it the octopus that did this i later realized that there was a bear in the desk that yeah. was i guess like a familiar or something it's a demonic and, bear <laughs> yeah like a stuffed bear mm. that like gave her this mark and i was like why is it her why isn't sister heli telling her anything like why don't we know anything about sister heli yeah like, what is going on it just here? happened all of a sudden like so quickly like and, class number one <laughs> yeah first first day first class yeah <laughs> and it's just like oh i'm like marked i'm like no, if that was me, I'd be like, why the hell are there teeth on my hand? What yeah, is happening? Buddy. It's like another mouth. What? I'd be freaking out. And I wouldn't just be like, I wouldn't, like, a teacher told me just cover it up. I'm like, what do you mean just cover it up? <laughs> no. Dude. Yeah, they just, Especially like, since she's, dry. like, portrayed as, like, this rebellious kind of, like, punk rock kind of kid. And she's just like, okay, sure, I'll follow the orders of my teacher immediately yeah. on the first day of class no trust whatsoever and a weird thing like that just happens i don't know it just seems odd i think it would have been better if she somehow got it after the, like the accident like it was something that was induced by like trauma or something and then she like became like a uh, a hell uh what do they say hell uh hell maiden hell maiden yeah like that way she like lives with it and like knows how to hide it and all that stuff and like maybe is you know i don't know dealt with it That's in her like, own way but like instead it just happens in a classroom in a very quick setting and you're just like firing off a million questions and why does cat not being in character mean like like i feel like it's out of character for him to just go okay yeah yep i'll sit yep. right back down and not worry about a mouth sprouting on the back of my hand yeah i was gonna okay actually i love that point about having it happened earlier honestly if like even if the mouth hadn't appeared after the accident with her parents if she had just kind of seen the future or something like briefly and then was like oh what was that and then maybe it comes back and she flashes back when she's older like oh i remember this happened before and then it appears cool whatever but uh yeah no it was so it was very very quick and then when that happens you flash over to uh the interior of this giant i don't even know what the word is demon who we later come out to be find out come to find out Jesus I can talk today. Uh, his name is Buffalo Belzer. Yep. And this is a question I had for you because Buffalo Belzer is the father of Wendell and Wild, these two demons who I guess were uh, tasked with cleaning like they were in jail, but jail for them is they have to apply this ointment to his hair because He's losing his hair. Mm -hmm. And mind you, he's a giant demon, this uh, Buffalo Belzer. And so on his stomach is this fair amusement park type thing where all these souls go and they're riding. And my question for you is, were this like was was that hell or was that just the afterlife? Like, were they enjoying oh, themselves? I had no idea what that was because 
Like, why are they living on his stomach? Like, why is there an amusement yeah. park there? Why are his sons the one that have to, like, go around and grow his hair? And, like, yeah. who are the souls? Is it just, like, you know, Coco, like, afterlife type thing? Is it hell? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? I mean, you could maybe argue that it's hell because Wendell and Wilde have, like, kind of gray morality in the sense that, like, you know... They're driven by their goal of designing a, an amusement park, I suppose, for demons. And they're called <laughs> demons. So, yeah. like, part of me kind of maybe thinks it was hell, I guess. Um, but it's it's unclear. I think it's just supposed to be like, yeah, they're just the world of demons, right? Like, you know, that's just which, what they are. Which begs the question, if... Only the souls, Wendell and Wild, are seeing Buffalo Belzer's head. Why does it matter if he has hair or not? Yeah. I know, I don't but, I don't know. But they're growing hair on his body, like yeah. not just his head. Also, yeah, well that's a point that we will certainly <laughs> circle back to. But during this time, essentially they are they come to find out that you can eat this ointment that they're applying to his hair. Yeah. And it gives them visions. Yeah, they trip so they balls. Have, yeah, <laughs> trip balls. <laughs> and so they have this vision of Cat. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's like our hell maiden. Yeah. Ah, I guess we just inherently know what that is. They're like tripping so, acid. Yeah, I was like, how stuff. do they know how to do this? And then they uh, were like, oh, we'll come to her in a dream. So Cat goes to sleep has a dream where Wendell and Wilde pop up, and they're like, yo, let's make a deal. Pull us into your world because, as you said, they want to basically build a fair for what, like, how they would have a fair for, I guess they'd have to have it for the living in the land of living. Mm-hmm. Anywho. So they're like, yeah, help us. Pull us to, like, your world, and we'll help you. And by help you, we'll revive your parents, even though they aren't necessarily sure they can do that. Yeah. Conveniently enough, they find out that the ointment not only gives them visions, but it can revive dead things and so they make the deal with cat she's like i'll help you and so begins our crazy part two of the adventure in which uh you introduce the villains yeah and so the villains are the parents of one of cat's classmates they're called the klaxons and so essentially what they've been trying to do for years since cat's parents were alive is bring in this privately owned prison and they're master scheme is to uh basically embark on this program that cat is a part of which is you know we take a troubled youth who is in juvie and we bring her to the school and we try to rehabilitate her but they want to basically bring all the troubled youths get money for the school and then they know the troubled youths will eventually you know commit crimes and their opinions and go on to prison and they'll use that i guess labor when they're in the prison so essentially yeah. they're just trying to bring in bodies to help finance the prison and kind of a lot of social food. commentary going on there and you know yeah. as well like in all it's very layered you know from the private prison complex you know like into like you know taking troubled students and not really looking for them to succeed and just kind of seeing them as literally i don't know like warm bodies to do work <laughs> yeah the you know prison labor <laughs> yeah yeah there you go that's the best way to say it and just yeah and uh you know get paid for it or like the, yep. the 
not not the laborers, mind you. No, um, the 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 people who operate the prison. It's pretty disgusting. Yes. but you know, here yes. we go. That's America. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> um, and uh, I will say, though, that the movie kind of stops short for really kind of having a poignant analysis of why that's bad. Like, for instance, um, one of the minor characters, like the daughter of the Claxons, I can't remember uh, the name. It's like Cyabon. I can't, I can't remember how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah. Um, she uh, has like this idea of like private prison she like talks to cat which is the first time you hear about it right like the claxons you are introduced to them of them killing a priest yeah this is why i, I say these are like dark, cartoon dude. villains but like they're like immediately just evil the moment that you meet them like a uh, heart like the priest uh i think his name is bests or something like yes best. bishop bests or uh i think and, like, you know, he, I guess, serves on the board or works with the board of the town, which, like, the town is basically empty, right? Because yep. the Claxons have been systematically doing terrible crimes, I suppose. They burned down a brewery and wiped the town off the face of the earth and yep. yada, yada, yada. Um, they completely dismantled it for their own corporate greed, you know. A lot of, you know, a lot of things to, like, like the, these characters kind of stand for. And, like, it sounds like, oh, wow, this movie's exploring a lot of themes. And, well, yes, but I think it's just, this is, like, a little service level. Um, mm-hmm. All they, the things we're telling you all right now, that's as in detail. Honestly, we're going probably a little bit more in detail. It's, like, more detail. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like that's not, like, it's not, uh, you know, explicitly written. Like, this is just something, you know, coming up with. Like, it's nope. just, like, yeah, nope. for, it's, you know, it's implied that they burned down the brewery. It's confirmed at the end of the movie um and you know you can just kind of surmise that like yeah they've just been trying to take over this town by getting rid of all the businesses and the people there so they can buy it up um so now the last hurdle is to overcome the council and they've been working with i guess the like bishop bests i don't really know what his role is i think he's the head of the the school the headmaster of the school um and you know for some reason i don't know what they think uh, he can offer them right like because he's really dedicated to the school program right like yep. and he's trying his best because he thinks the claxons are going to pay him handsomely to you know get the program and the funding that the school needs and um in exchange that he's going to try to turn the town votes around like and we learn later on that the the city council is very very against the claxons coming in um yeah. And so he is meeting up with him early on in the movie, and they just immediately kill him. They, like, For no murder. reason, really. Like, cold-blooded murder, but, like, it's not going to change anything. You're not going to change, like, the, the, the counselor's votes or anything like that. Like, they just straight up murder him for no <laughs> reason. I didn't even think about that. It wasn't even for anything. Oh, my gosh. That was so violent. They also just like straight throw his body in some ice yeah. with, his, with his golf clubs. Like no evidence. Like, what? <laughs> oh, it's man. just straight murder for no reason. And I'm like, how is an wow. autopsy not going to realize that he just like got hit in the head? But anyways, um, because they find his body eventually. Yeah, straight yeeted. Wow. And, and they just killed him for no reason. We don't know yeah. why. It it literally 
pushed no story forward for them. They did it just because I think they wanted to show, like, look at how evil these people are. <laughs> like uh, how cartoonishly yeah, evil the Claxons are. <laughs> and essentially um, they'll, they'll murder to get what they want, a.k.a. That's when the brewery was all, like, skept- people yeah. were skeptical of what they thought. But, now but bre- at least the burning down the brewery, in, like, my mind, yeah, has a, a purpose. Yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. They were killing people for something. <laughs> just killing them for nothing. <laughs> oh man wow um dark so yeah dark to be dark i guess um but yeah so anyways like we learn that much later on through the daughter in a conversation with cat after like a couple of like scenes of her i think reviving after reviving wendell and wild into the real world she brings raul along she revives wendell and wild then she goes home because she's frustrated because they didn't show up right Yep. And then, like, we meanwhile, learned... they actually did. Yeah, meanwhile, they actually did, and then they revived Bishop, like, the headmaster bests after, like, the whole funeral scene, and then everybody's jaw drops when he just like, casually strolls back I into just, the school. I was like, are we serious? He also looked like he was dead. Like, they were right, like, oh, like, he, he was straight good. dead. No. Like, his head was, like, Homie. disfigured, and yeah, his skin what? was blue and all that stuff, and, like, I don't know. Um, oh, my gosh. But we learned that uh, through the daughter of these of these character of the the evil Claxons, uh, that you know that you know I guess her family does private prisons. Like she talks about like I guess cats like have you ever even seen a private prison? Have you ever been in one? And she's just like, no, I haven't. Um, so this is where I think the story really could have improved about criticizing private prisons. It could have had the character discovering like what private prisons were because later on in the movie she says she researches private prisons and just like these are bad, but there's no character development of her learning about them. She just shows up to her parents and goes bad. <laughs> yeah, bro, also, let us just appreciate that she's it, before that and she's like, oh, the private prisons are good. Mm-hmm. My parents are good, and then at the end, like when they have them, like they think. And by they, I mean uh, Bishop Best and Wendell and Wild that they got money. And she's like, oh, it's not real money. It's just like our company's money. Like they give it to everybody. I'm like, so you know your parents are scumbags. Like <laughs> why Why would the private prisons then be a good thing? Yeah. Your parents surely show that they're not good people. Like, wow. And like wow. she, I guess like, I don't know. I, it sounded like her parents like fed her some type of propaganda because she like, I remember her telling Kat like, yeah, they have blah, 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 so-and-so in private prisons. And she's like, well, have you ever been in one? And that's just like, well, no. So then I guess that was like a catalyst for her to go do research. But it happens all off screen. And it's like, not yep. that this movie is long. In fact, I feel like it's it's decently short and it kind of has a fast pace to it. I think there could have been excellent amount of time to really flesh out that storyline because it's a storyline that they start. It's a conflict resolution that like she has off screen. Yep. <laughs> like whoa, whoa, Bro, this whole movie takes place over the course of like two days yeah yeah no it's quick it's very fast and like she uh, completely 180s on her parents right like she just like thinks that they're really great very benevolent then reads about private prisons and goes oh they're bad and she comes into the office and she goes no 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 you can't be doing this and then they're just i forget what their parents even say to her at that time I do too. Um, they give her, try to feed her some more like lies. Yeah, or something like, uh, like yeah, you know. But like that's, they're, they're I think they were like happy that she figured out what they were really doing or something. They're like yes. Oh yeah, because exa- like we we packed them in tight. 
Yeah. But we make more money off of more people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ugh. Yes, yeah, so now you know our business model. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, like, you know, you're they, they get surprised when she's, like, protesting them, like, yeah, later on at the end of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I just think that could have been a really good moment to kind of, like, highlight, you know, this whole, you know, the prison private prison industrial complex of, like, you yeah. know, how horrible these are. Uh, I mean, we don't need to get into, you know, how awful private prisons are. I mean, like, you know, just put it like this i mean sweden thinks it's a human's rights violation so mm, <laughs> that's yeah. all you need to know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so uh, but like yeah i think that was just kind of a failed opportunity to really like highlight not only like you know private uh, prisons being bad but also just kind of like the socioeconomic system that creates it and like the sh- the movie was clearly trying to tell that kind of story in that subplot and like kind of like a hidden theme of the movie because they talk all so often about the socioeconomic like status of the town like oh there's no money here right like you know like that's why when wendell and wilde were reviving people they're like oh pay us for our you know uh um for our amusement park we revived you from the dead so pay us right yep and he's like, look around. There's nothing here. <laughs> like, we have no money. You can revive everybody here. There's no money to be had. Um, Sad. So, but like, yeah, I, I just think the movie doesn't go deep enough with it. And I think that was a kind of a big moment where like they had a missed opportunity. But I agree. I agree. Also, well, continuing on with the plot, as you said, they basically bring back best. And are trying to get money to finance their fare. And so ultimately they find out that nobody has money, mm-hmm. but the Claxons have money. And the best way to get the Claxons money is to revive the deceased council members who will then be able to come in and vote and get the private prison to be made. Elsewhere in the town, Raul's mother is a lawyer who's trying to prove that the Claxons burned down the brewery and basically killed a bunch of people Mm -hmm. and all she needs is a witness. And so that's just make a mental note people because that's going on in the back. It's going to come back later. (laughs) It's going to come back later. (laughs) And then, uh, so they revived the council members and this was my problem. So you're bringing back people from the dead. These and these, it's not like when they get revived, they look like, no, no, they still look like, you know, dust and bones. (laughs) Yep. With maggots coming out and and then they, they get made up. But I mean, at what at what point in time, in what kangaroo like council would they allow these corpses to walk in and take a vote on something they've been staving off for years, and then say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, look, the bylines say that I guess a council member is they vote no matter what, dead or alive." Then that they get, was because, like, <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> what is what is going on?" <laughs> I mean, like, come on, like first of all, did the 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 headmaster bishops know about that line, which is why he like suggested it. Like Literally. that seems like a really obscure piece of law to have. Like, Oh, as long, you know, their councils, even after their council members, even after death, like, okay. Dude, I had such a problem with that. I had, yeah. I and like, like how accepting, I can't believe how accepting they were. Like, can they just do this? Can they yeah. just do that? I'd be like, I'd be throwing the book. I'd be like, no. I, I'd literally throw it at them because they just fall apart and die. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right. Like, well, mom gave up so quick. She yeah, she gave it. up she so quick. And I think because they wanted to move the plot along to, like, you know, give the villains, like, something, right? Like, 
instead of exploring like you know how greed because greed is a theme as well because in, the, yes. in a way like bishop and wendell and wild are looking for big payouts right and like you know yeah. he sells out the town for a buttload of money which you know who's to say i mean we think that it's going to go for the school but like is it really he does a lot of like the the bishop is like you know, doing a lot of questionable things after he gets revived, yeah. and like he's not necessarily like an overall good person. When you kind of you know see how he uh, approaches everything, so. Yep. Um, yeah. It's just I don't know, and like they kind of explored like greed a little bit more, I think, with like uh, the 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 main villains and you know the other themes that we've talked about. But you know, I think it, there's like again just another subplot that just kind of falls short, uh, which yep. I think is a shame. So. And, but this, the, the one I'm about to bring up oh is boy. the subplot I think that falls the shortest. Actually, there are two. But uh, this one is definitely one that falls super short. So while the council members are brought back, Raul, because nobody wants to bring back Kat's parents, sneaks away with the ointment while Wendell and Wilde are sleeping and revives Kat's parents. Now, mind you, these are people that she's basically, her whole life, or the for the last few years been tormented by because she holds herself responsible mm-hmm. for killing them. Yeah. They come back, they go to her childhood home. Somehow she goes over to her childhood home and she sees them and she gets super excited and then immediately proceeds like to, to leave. Yeah. And doesn't like fight. I'm like, sorry, sister Helly's trying to pull her away because she needs to go face her demons and like, Essentially, what happens is she agrees to help. Was Helly there? Wild. Because isn't like doesn't her parents first say she has to go help Raul because he gets like captured by um, Wendell and Wendell Wild. Yeah, yeah. So she basically, she being Cat, makes an agreement with Wendell and Wild when they when she first bumps into them after they didn't revive her parents that she'll be their slave. And there's this whole like crazy sequence where her mouth hand, like her hand mouth goes to her mouth mouth and says, oh, "I promise." And it essentially binds her to them. And so while being bound to them, she has to go get them dinner because they're hungry. They fall asleep. She sneaks away with the dinner back to her house. And that's where she bumps into her parents. And then Helly comes because Raul will revive. But Wendell Wild captured Raul and she has to go save Raul. Yeah, it's um, okay. A little, yeah, yeah a little, a little, a lot, a lot going on. There. A lot going on there, and I also just want to talk about how they immediately just throw in like this janitor that lives in the secret <laughs> bowels what? of the school, who's a, I guess, a demon hunter, who does not have legs, right? I mean, not to say you can't be a demon, or at least no legs, feet, I, like, I guess. Because where was were... the story there? Can I get an explanation? Yeah, like who is this character? Why is he just randomly showing up halfway through the movie, and why? Is like and like Nelly has like these superpowers that like no Bruh. one I guess noticed and then um and she also yeah, like she uses casually like using yeah what's her story you know like why do we Bro? get no hints to like how she became a hell maiden or like how um she knows this janitor who's this janitor why is he in the bowels of like the hidden hallways in the school and how does Raul find them later in that room when he comes like looking for a cat. And she's like right after she has like the blood ritual with Nelly, they get out of there and Raul comes in. And I'm like, how did you find this? Wait, because what? yes, because I like, remember that. Because I'm like, how did you find this? Because this was behind some hidden wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this was like a hidden passageway. He comes, he's like, I've been looking for you for everywhere. I'm like, how'd you know to come here? <laughs> dude, dude, what? 
Also, wait, who were who were uh, Helly's like demons? Like, were they Wendell Wilde's like siblings? Yeah. Like, shouldn't she were they in the jars? Because apparently, that's all their siblings. Dude. Also, it's like yeah. So she doesn't have the same power as Cat, and I guess everybody gets their own like power. It's it just reminds me of that episode of Rick and Morty where it's like the Rick. Like Jurassic Park, but the Anatomy Park. There you mm-hmm. go. And it's like, what, like what was that? I think it was Hepatitis C. Yeah. He's just like a, a good guy. Like they <laughs> yeah. don't explain it. Yeah. We just are left to assume <laughs> what the whole thing is there, and then you keep moving forward with the plot. So Helly is the like the character I had the most questions about. Yeah. What's her relationship with the janitor? Because I guess they had like a previous thing where he was helping her out. Yeah. It seemed like father daughter esque or something. Like I know he's not yeah. like not like actually, but like. Uh, relationship wise and like mentor or something like something's up with the teddy bear and like because yeah, he's we, like the mysterious teddy bear yeah it's like the mysterious teddy bear because i guess nelly has it in her drawer and he goes and looks for it and like it for some reason is like nelly you shouldn't have taken it and he just yeah you know rides off into the sunset <laughs> um and i'm like what's the bear what's going on here why is he in yep. the school of all places a hundred percent. You know, I just there was a lot of questions, and I wanted, like, you know, I would have been nice to get some answers. And it's just like a subplot that just kind of opens up, <laughs> and it's just like not it. resolved, dude. Other than just, that, uh, like at the end, where there's like, yeah, well, I guess I have all your children in jars. <laughs> like what? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, he's like, I'm, I'm a demon hunter. That was his whole thing. The whole yeah. movie. He's like, I'm a sucker for families. I said, sir. What is going on right now? Why did you capture oh those demons in the gosh. first place? Like, what were yeah. they doing? How did you find them? Did they eat your feet? Is that what the whole... Yeah. I just want to know about the feet. <laughs> I just want to know about the teddy bear, too. Also true. What's happening with the teddy bear? It seemed like oh, they, there's like these were pros. Like, these, like both him and Nelly were, like, professional, yeah. like, demon hunters or whatever. Like, they've dealt with this before kind of thing. I'm like, it sounds it's like it's only just been you two. So like yep. like what what's with this like blood ritual like going into like some secret room that's in another secret room like yep. it's just yeah exactly there's a lot going on and it's just like okay we're just supposed to accept all of this and like Dude, how is Raul who I'm assuming is seeing this for the first time not just like I guess he does say Baffled. like oh what are these demons like he's just like oh whatever <laughs> I know Raul's been through some things clearly. <laughs> Nothing phases that guy. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, but yeah. Oh, sorry. And also, all this is going on. And then, out of nowhere, Wendell and Wilde's uh, freaking dad, Buffalo Belzer, just realizes, oh, I've been had. My sons aren't actually putting on my ointment. Mm-hmm. They're up in the real world, like, you know, causing trouble or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have to go get them. And mind you, all the trailers made it seem like this Buffalo Belzer was the big bad. Like, everyone ended with his horns coming out of the ground. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, we don't have a Classic misdirection. Yup. I thought it was going to be like a Hell Maiden team up to go handle business. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Because... Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the whole movie, I guess, Raul was talking about this art project where he was going on, the, I guess, the roofs of every single house in the town and doing a giant mural with spray paint. And so here comes Buffalo Belzer, ready to cause some trouble, hurt some people. And then the sun comes out and melts all the snow on everybody's roof. And mind you, I guess the, the snow and the water didn't mess up the paint. Yeah. And he sees this beautiful mural of a mother protecting. No, how long was he working on that project? Because I, it, the snow covered all of it. Yeah, 
And what? like in the beginning of the movie, we learn that he's working on it. Yep. Yeah, also, <laughs> how did he get the rights to just spray paint everybody's house? Well, I guess, I guess they're all abandoned, right? That's tragic. That's very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, Buffalo Belzer, who this whole movie seemed like he was about to pop off on Wendell and Wilde for what they were doing, is like, oh, I forgive you. It's all good. Oh, and get this. In coming up here, I guess my whole like amusement park fair thing on my stomach was destroyed. Why don't you two help me make a new one so you don't even have to get fired? Dreams coming true, baby. Bruh, I was like, that's great, and I love that for them, but that's how this is all going to come about being. (laughs) And then that wasn't even the biggest, like, that wasn't even the big moment. Because, fast forward, after everything has a nice little cathartic ending... Belzer goes back down. He's also all his children are returned to him that the Heli and the Demon mm-hmm. Hunter had. And then we find out that the real big bads, the Claxons, these people who are trying to finance this prison and get it to move forward. And mind you, it's gotten the go-ahead, have these, I guess, what are they called? The little trucks that knock at bulldozers. Bulldozers, there we go. There we go, there we go. Primed and ready to just take out the whole town. And here comes our gang. You got Heli, you got Cat, you got... My guy, Raul, the real hero of this story, <laughs> and and Kat's parents, and also the Claxon's daughter, ready yep. to fight. And what I, was going I, through your head? I was just like, um, this is just like a lot of character development kind of moving quickly here. And like, yes. it's just it's just like things are just leaping. <laughs> yep, yep. We're just leaping ahead here in character development, you know, and like it just kind of, I mean, I remember looking at the time left in the movie and I was like, wait, it's going to wrap up in 10 minutes? <laughs> I, was like, I feel like yeah, there's dude. a lot still kind of going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's like, are they going to pull an Infinity War and just yeah. like have a part two coming out? Just, you know, no. kind of wrapping everything all at once. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it is unfortunate. And like also, again, with they bring back dead people for the Claxons to get like arrested because they get they revive witnesses. Oh, right. And I'm like, bad. yeah, everybody's just accepting that, sure. Yeah, I'm like, a judge is going to take a statement from a dead dude. Like, get out of here. Yeah, like, um, excuse like, me, me, what? You're dead? <laughs> you actually died? Like, okay, who's pulling my leg? Like, who's going to believe Literally. that? <laughs> Literally. That's not going to hold up in a court of law. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's going to suspend your disbelief for a little bit, even like in this fantastical world. But like it, it's like even for a fantastical world that is not necessarily like fantastical, like it has demons and all that stuff. And I guess just like few people know it, but like the rest of the world seems to just kind of function as normal. And so yes, like when you're presented with like so. these magical elements, it just seems like like, OK, why isn't there more of a visceral reaction from people like other than like the initial kind of main cast of characters? They just seem to be OK with like, oh, back from the dead. And like when the headmaster returns, like Nellie's just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And like everyone else is just cheering instead of like questioning, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> we oh just God. buried you. Literally saw the body. Yeah. Saw the body. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Yeah. Uh, it was something but ultimately i guess the conclusion oh so thinking about the scene bulldozers come cat and the gang as one would imagine stop said bulldozers hooray huzzah and uh then bishop best or 
he dies. He like just straight up dies. And Wendell and Wild come to the realization because their dad said that the ointment does not last forever. Yeah. So we know that Cat's parents are going to mm-hmm. ultimately die again. Yes. Oh, and mind you, the Claxons got arrested because of the witnesses. Mm-hmm. And this is my, I think, my all-time favorite part, or all, my, my favorite part of the movie. I uh, agree, because I feel like it's actually like a conclusive ending to one of these stories, and it feels, in a way, satisfying. Yes. And my, my like, asterisk favorite part was when Kat's having her final conversation with her parents, because, you know, they're mm-hmm. slowly returning to the land of the dead. And... They don't ask about her or her future or anything. They ask, what's going to happen to this town? I said, <laughs> y'all have been dead for five years. We get this time together. And you're not even going to ask me about me. You're going to ask what's going to happen to the town. Wow. I no words of wisdom that you wish to no, you know, lay on dude. me before you go away forever? Oh, my gosh. I said, please spit in my face while you're at it. That was crazy to me. Oh, man. That was absolutely wild. But it I guess Kat gave them the answer they were looking for. Yeah. Oh, it's like, hold your hands. Like, this is what the town's going to look like. like <laughs> we're like, we're so proud of you. I'm like, what role does she play? <laughs> at all, bro. At all. What said, role does geez. she play in this town? Like, okay, you saved the town great like you can be proud of yourselves too because you helped him i guess in that yep. in that uh <laughs> crusade um but like, just, oh man uh, but also yeah. wendell and wild say they can that her parents can have vip passes to their fair which once again i don't know if it's heaven or hell mm-hmm. although they said you could go this way or this way and still go to the fair and by this way or this way for those of you who can't see my hand i'm pointing up and down yeah so I guess it's just a like, you know a six flags for the afterlife. Yep. I guess that's what this Enjoy place is. Superman. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, oh man, I guess that's you know that's Wendell and Wild. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it just yeah, definitely leaves you kind of feeling a little underwhelming, uh, underwhelmed uh, after kind of watching it. I think. Which is sad because I think the world that they created is pretty rich, and I think that like um, it, it would be fun to explore it all. The movie kind of moves really quickly, and it isn't that long. And I think that you could have fleshed out a lot more of the characters to kind of give proper arcs to these stories. Um, like I don't know. Sometimes I think it's like they're trying to do a lot all at once. That's what this movie kind yeah. of felt like. Um, and I wonder how much of that had to like do with like two. Like very different writer. I actually don't really not super familiar with uh, Henry um, Selleck's work. Selleck, yeah. So to like say like kind of his like writing style, but like you can definitely see the essences of Jordan Peele in this movie. Yep. Uh, yep. And the way that it's written. So, but so I wonder if like the if you know they had like you know not that they were like clashing, but I wonder if they kind of had run out of time. Uh, between the two of them to kind of tell the stories that they wanted. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, you're going to, to, to your point again, they're combining two different, if, if Henry, if that was his idea for the world and then Jordan Peele was applying other elements. I mean, you have to find a way to cohesively mesh them. And I know that's taking, that's doing a lot already just trying to do that. Yeah. So trying to build on that. Yeah. Especially since harder. like Jordan Peele has really built himself up to like, really telling like these like you know social commentary kind of stories in like definitely more subtle ways and like some of his movies like get out is a little bit you know 
is like more poignant, I guess. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, and this movie is too, Wendell and Wild, because I don't, it's not like Nope or, I mean, I haven't seen Us, but I've heard that it's also a little like subtle in the way that it's trying to like portray its commentary. Um, but, uh, so yeah, there's definitely like, I think a lot of the, the social commentary that is in Wendell and Wild is definitely like Jordan Peele written over it, like written all over it. And I like, am curious if he just didn't, you know, I, I wonder if like he clashed with like Henry Selig about how fleshed out these stories had to be because it does feel like a lot of them just, you know, <laughs> end abruptly or are not fleshed out yeah. or just like didn't go far enough. So um, it's just, I'm just curious about like that dynamic between the two and like how that process worked. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that process. Yeah. What emotion do you think they were trying to like leave uh, viewers with? Um. Well, I, I, I think, you know, the overall, you know, theme is like, uh, you know, in a way it's like dealing with death and like, you know, probably, you know, overcoming grief in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, what they wanted to kind of give away or take what they wanted audiences to take away from it ultimately is, um, you know, like don't blame yourself, you know, don't, you know, don't linger with your grief too long, you know, you know, cause grief can destroy yourself and others around you. So, yeah. um, you know, and I think that is evident in the way that Kat's character is kind of portrayed throughout the movie. Like you see that she's struggling to be close with people. Cause she, you know, she has a line in the movie where she says like bad things happen to people who are close to me. Um, so like, I don't get close to anybody kind of line. And you know, that's True. like, that's not like I mean like it sounds like that's just she's destroying herself, but that's also gonna destroy the people around her, you know? People who wanna help yep. her. Like she just refuses to be helped. That's like probably gonna be hard for some people more than others, but um yeah, and I think it's the movie is definitely overcoming those personal demons that she has because she so clearly blames herself and that like seeing her parents getting to talk to them one last time I think really helps her kind of move on even if, you know, they do end up dying quote-unquote again yeah i honestly had forgotten that throughout the beginning of the movie she was saying i don't want friends i don't have friends Mm -hmm. and then at the end she talks about having friends and even her demons Mm -hmm. are her friends and i just feel like that point wasn't like i knew that she was aloof i knew that she didn't really get close to people but i'd forgotten it It hadn't really been pulled through to the point where that really yeah. hit home especially for since me, she but... like quickly got connected to raul like almost immediately yeah. after saying like i don't want friends so like she basically befriends raul yep. and like takes him yep. to be a witness at like this ritual and like yeah. he sticks around for her bless his heart yeah. goodness mm-hmm. i'd have been out i'm like i'm a christian man I'm like, <laughs> oh boy yeah. Oh man, what a movie! What a movie! <laughs> what a movie! <laughs> Truly, Wendell and Wild. <laughs> Alrighty, anything else you'd like to add there, Palmer, on the Wendell and Wild? Uh, uh, not really. I just like to say, if you are looking for a book to read at this time, I just finished. <laughs> funny enough, today. Uh, something wicked this way comes by oh. Ray Bradbury. So, if you're looking for like a Halloween a book club, read, that's a good yeah, a little book club action. Check yeah, it out. Next podcast idea is that we start a book club. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what should our first book be? <laughs> well, we'll do it every quarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I have time to read. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Okay. That, yeah. You, bud? I don't. I don't think. I don't, I don't got much else. But uh, for this movie, I think it's a solid watch. You know, if if you're into like stop motion animation and you're looking for like a fun Halloween movie for you know the season, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's worth the time. Uh, it definitely has its flaws. Don't. I mean, we kind of really riffed into it, but it's it's not as yeah, bad as we yeah, riffed yeah. into it. Trust, trust. Yeah, we uh, just had time to break it down and everything. We yeah. try to do that for y'all, but it's 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 a fun watch. Sometimes you just don't watch those movies to really be analytical. You just watch them to enjoy. Exactly. All righty. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. This has been the What You Got podcast. We're your hosts, Charlie Bud, and as always with me, Jordan Palmer. You can listen to our podcast every Monday evening. Make sure you follow us on wherever you listen. Hit us up on social media. Palmer, why don't you let them know? You can follow us on Instagram at WhatYouGotPodcast, what is spelled W-H-A-T-C-H-A, or on Twitter at WhatYouGotCast, what is spelled the same way. Next week, we are going to be talking about... Uh, I guess AI in, like, movies. You know, we heard the recent news that James Earl Jones is going to be, uh, you know, signing over the rights to his voice to Disney. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit more in depth. So stay tuned and we'll catch you all next week.